You are listening to Audio Drama in a Darker Shade at darkerprojects.com. And now our feature presentation. Night Terrors, an anthology of horror and suspense. Tonight's episode, Forever December, based on the short story by De Beagle and scripted by Paul Mannering. You okay? What are you doing out in this mess? Um, just passing through. Looking for work. <coughs> You'll not find much work or travel far in this weather. I'll have to find work somewhere. Maybe shoveling tomorrow. Tonight, we bring you a tale with a holiday flavor. And no, I don't mean one of the five fruitcakes that have been passed around since time began. This story is about Raleigh. A postman and a father. I'm actually grateful to let me tell you this story this time around. I think after you've heard it, you too will want it to be forever December. It was December 21st of 1992 when Lex died just a few days before Christmas. We were wrecked with a huge snowstorm that year. This little town, biggest we'd ever had, they said at the time. Snow was piled on the streets. Plows had enough to make entire mountains of snow. A light drizzle afterward to make things slick is all it takes for a car to lose its traction and go sliding into someone. Into a teenager, walking over to his friend's house to go sledding, for instance. Knocks him out of this world. A ski jacket and Detroit Lions knit cap and all. Yes, sir. That's about all it takes. Raleigh, got my check today? No, Jenny, not today. A few more days and your check will be here. You know it comes out on the 15th and the 1st, so why would I have it on the 10th? Wish it would hurry. My arthritis is paining me something fierce. Well, you probably shouldn't be out in the cold wind either, you know. Raleigh, when you get old, you'll understand. These government people... I understand them, honey, Jenny. Those years in the Navy Submarine Corps taught me all I need to know about government people. Oh. Oh. Morning, Frank. Here's your mail. 
How's the pharmacy business? Oh, it's good on a day like this, Raleigh. We may need to postpone the chess game, though. Looks like the weather's closing in. Yeah, the heating company is supposed to come out and fill the tank tonight. And I have an appointment. Tomorrow's better if it works for you. All right. I'll make sure Eleanor hasn't scheduled me for anything else. You'd think after 40 years she could give me some notice of upcoming events she's committed me to. After 40 years, you'd think you'd know better than to say such things. <laughs> the predicted storm had firmly installed itself before I could finish my route that day. Old Man Winter was blustering with cold breath and dropping snow by the bucketful. My old jeep trundled through the drifts that were already forming, white swirls obscuring the view. And I continued on my rounds, albeit slower as the wind slowly turned the whole town into a whiteout situation. I almost got stuck a couple of times, but the jeep always seemed to pull through. I made my last delivery and felt relieved to be heading back to the garage. Wouldn't be too much longer before you couldn't drive around town. Got your rounds done, eh, Raleigh? Good thing I put them snow tires on, eh? Yeah, Paul. Very glad you did. It's getting deep out there, and I have to stop at the store on my way home tonight. There will be accidents tonight. Bet you some morons like the Rastines didn't get their snows on yet, old bastard. They didn't prepare. There'll be people sickles come morning. <laughs> well, see you tomorrow, Paul. Jesus! You damn fool! I almost ran you down! You okay? It's too damn close. What are you doing out in this mess? Um, just passing through. Looking for work. <coughs> You'll not find much work or travel far in this weather. I'll have to find work somewhere. Maybe shoveling tomorrow. Wait, where will you go? I'll trade you a hot meal and a soft bed for some snow shoveling tomorrow. How's that sound? Seatbelt, please. After almost 40 minutes of what would normally be a 15-minute trip, I pulled in front of my house, a small Tudor-style dwelling with attached garage. I pressed the button for the garage door opener and slowly glided into the garage. Exiting the vehicle, 
I headed for the door that led to my kitchen, pausing to hit the button that would close the garage door and pulled my boots off. You can leave your boots here. You're lucky you don't have frostbite out in those tattered old sneakers. Let's get you inside and warmed up. You'll want to get cleaned up. First, let's take a look at those feet. They could be frostbitten. Kitchen's through here. Come in and sit down. I wear tube socks. Bunched up at the toes since my shoes aren't the best. Okay, well... You want to get cleaned up, as I said. Feet look okay. I'll get you some clothes you can put on after your shower. This cupboard has towels and washcloths, and there's a new toothbrush in the medicine cabinet. We can eat dinner when you're done. Put your dirty clothes in the laundry chute and we'll get them cleaned up. Guess I should fix us some supper. startled me as all. Well. Sit down, we should double check those feet. Mister? Are you okay? Yes. Yes, uh, sorry about that. I was gathering wool. Okay, well, they seem to be fine. In the back bedroom, there are some wool socks in the upper left drawer. And on the top of the dresser is a pair of nail clippers. Thanks. Fourth socks. Uh, that drawer there has the silverware. Would you please set the table for us? Sure. Smells good. Well, frankly, it smells good to me too, but I'm starved. You know, the chicken could use a few more minutes. Want to see where you can sleep? Then you can wander in there whenever you feel like it. Yeah, we can get this over with if you want. Mister, could I just please work this off? I really don't want I was just really cold. If you could please not hurt me. Hurt you? No one is going to hurt you. You... you mean you're not going to... sleep with me? Sleep with you? You look a little old to have someone sleep with you. Oh my god. You thought I was bringing you here for sex? Sit down. I am not going to sleep with you. I merely felt as though you shouldn't be out of doors on a night like tonight. We have an arrangement. Soft bed and a hot meal in exchange for some shoveling, yes? Instead of your room, uh, how, I, how about I show you where the laundry is? We should start your clothes. Do you know how to wash clothes in the machine? Yes, I know all about it. 
detergent's over there. Go ahead and get your stuff going in there. I'll go and check on that chicken. Please take two plates out of that cupboard and place them on the table as well. Okay. What can I get you to drink? Coffee. If that's okay. Sure thing. So, what's your name, or uh, shall I call you Mystery Boy? Mystery Boy has a nice ring to it. Well, I think I'd rather work on something a little more personal, Bob. Tyler. My name is Tyler Marshall. I'm Raleigh. So, like Lex. Who's Lex? Lex? Yeah. That's the second time you called me that tonight. Oh, I see. Uh, well... Lex was my son. He died many years ago. Ten, as a matter of fact. Ten years ago today. You, uh, you remind me a lot of him. I'm sorry. I guess you must miss him a lot. I miss him a little every day. What was he like? Lex? Well, he was a good boy. Athletic. He had a great sense of humor and a, a big heart. Christmas is always his favorite time of year. I, uh, I never really understood why. It's a season for giving, Dad, he always used to say to me. He made all kinds of gifts in December. He made a birdhouse one time. One time he took a model of a 67 Volkswagen bus and wired it to have headlights and glowing taillights. It was always about giving on December. It hit him like some strange syndrome where you feel you have to give. He did it almost like he wasn't going to have any more Christmases. Almost like he knew. He said he wished it could be December forever. I'm sorry I asked. Oh, it's okay, Tyler. Those are good memories. The Lex that Margaret and I loved. Is she your wife? She was. But we went our separate ways a long time ago. We couldn't pull it off without Lex here anymore. He was our glue, and we never knew it. So, where are you from? Camden Falls. Where's that? It's near Fior. Outside of Rensselaer. Rensselaer? Well, that's about four states away. How long have you been on the road? A month. Walking, mostly. Stopping in small hick towns so I could get work. Why are you on the road, son? Huh. <laughs> My family doesn't want me. How's that? Because... I'm gay. How do you know? You're... you're what? 14? 
fifteen. And I know. But how? Did you just wake up one day and crave the boy next door? How did you know you were straight? I won't judge you. I knew you wouldn't. Oh, you did? What makes you say that? This is going to sound stupid. I was in Beacon tonight about four o'clock when this guy stopped and gave me a ride. He had his own wife and son in the front of his pickup, but he told me I could ride in the back for a spell. So I hopped in. There was this other guy in the back lying down to stay out of the wind. He had one of those yellow jackets, the puffy ones that swish when you move in them. He was real nice. Talked to me for a while. He said he was giving his daddy a Christmas gift. Only he couldn't do it in person on account he was running out of time. I think he said something about expecting me sooner. But that was crazy talk, so I must not have heard him right. I sat stock still as he recited his tale thus far, thinking of another boy who long ago wore a yellow ski jacket. I used to tease him and say that he looked like a great big bumblebee on it. He just laughed at me and said it was warm. So he starts telling me how he's going to surprise his daddy, cause he hasn't seen him in a long time, and said he couldn't find his way back home anymore. I asked him how that was, how you forgot where your home was. He told me that home isn't a building or a place. He says to me it's a feeling, and he can't find it any place anymore. So I asked him how he was going to give his daddy a gift if he couldn't find home anymore. And he said someone was going to help him. I must have heard things wrong again right then, because I thought he said I was supposed to help him. But that couldn't have been right, plus the way the wind was whipping around back there was like something fierce. He told me he knew I was running, and he knew what I was running from. I don't know how he knew that or why he said that. Maybe the cold had got to his head. I don't know how, though. He had this knit hat with a lion or something on it, I think. Only it was hard to tell because there was something kind of messing up the writing, like maybe grease or oil. Then he tells me about this town, says I need to find his daddy, that he'd help me out. Mr. Rowley, he got out the same place I did, but I swear he was gone in seconds flat. And I couldn't see where he went because the snow was flying. To be honest, I was kind of worried about this loco running around looking for his daddy in a snowstorm. He told me to go by the post office on Campbell Avenue to find him. So I asked directions to the convenience store and headed over to see if I could find him. Dad, I almost ran into you. I wasn't going to get into the truck because I was still looking for him. But Mr... He was gone, and I never did see him the whole walk I made over there. Excuse me for a moment. Oh, God. Yellow ski jacket. Detroit knit cap. Lines part obscured by blood. God, after ten years, what can why does the pain not get any less as time went on? Rolly, this is him. The guy from the truck. That's... that's Lex. 
That's my son, Lex. I carried Tyler to bed at 10.30. He'd passed out, and I was finally coming to grips with what I'd learned, what my mind thought, but what my heart knew to be true. The house wasn't a home, only because I wasn't letting it be. Without my boy, to watch him grow and love and make his own life, I had lost that ability. I felt warmth in the house that hadn't previously been there, a feeling as though some wrong had just been nudged back in the right direction. I stood in the doorway looking down at Tyler. Tyler Marshall. And suddenly I knew what he was. He was a gift from Lex. Someone who needed me as much as I needed him. He was Lex's ultimate gift, showing me that my son was remembering me and loving me, just like I did him each and every day. Lex? I love you, Dad. Now love him. Love Tyler. I love you too, Lex. And I will. Good night, Dad. Merry Christmas. I know that Lex isn't really gone. No. He's not really gone at all. He's home. So, Tyler is safe, and Lex is at peace, and Raleigh, Raleigh has a new lease on life. I don't know what else to say except, from all of us from beyond the veil, happy holidays. May you have a Tyler in your life. Good night. You have been listening to Night Terrors, Forever December, based on the short story by DeBeagle and scripted by Paul Mannering. 
music by Kevin McLeod. Featured in the cast were Mark Brazil as Raleigh, Linda Townsend as Ginny, Jim Barber as Frank, Bill Hallwake as Paul, Zach Fester as Tyler Marshall, and John Lipsy as Lex. The series is produced and directed by Mark Brzee. Co-production by Chris Snyder. Post-production by Matt McLaren. The executive producer for Darker Projects is Eric Busby. This has been a Darker Projects production. And so until next time, sleep well.